0: Thankful for the way these stories hold
1: on to the lifetime we Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and today is a, I would say, a bonus episode, I think. A special treat for you, especially if you're like me and your finances are an absolute mess. This podcast is for you, absolutely for you. (laughs) I am pleased to welcome Adam Elroy, uh, financial advisor at Edward Jones to the
0: podcast. Welcome, Adam. Well, thank you, Jake, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. But now the pressure is on. (laughs) Well, I first want to start
1: off just by saying thank you for the support you've given the podcast since about mm, I think May. You you sponsored our 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 one year podcast was that uh, May? That was May, and now we're we're talking in (laughs) August. So I, it feels, time it feels go? a lot longer for some reason. I don't know why. I, I think it's just because when, when you and I mm-hmm. first talked on the phone one day back in April or May yeah, or whenever it like was yeah. uh, in the, the spring of this year, I think we just instantly clicked. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like, oh, I feel like I've known him for
0: it a, was, a while. Yeah. I don't it was know, it just like felt, an instant connection. Of yeah, some sort, I think right? it's yeah.
1: just we're both cartoony. Uh, we have,
0: <laughs> I don't think I've been called, that's actually a great
1: way to describe. I like that. Yes. You would never guess, a- unless you like really know me, if you ever wonder what Jake Lamore is like in his, his day-to-day life, I can be very silly and very cartoony. Sure. And I feel like you and I have that
0: in common. We now have a know? new way to describe me. Nobody's ever described me as cartoony, but I think that's going to, I think that will now be my number one descriptive term I've, I use for myself.
1: But in all seriousness, no, Adam, as I may just describe him as cartoony, he is a very down-to-earth guy, just like myself, and getting to learn the new things I've learned from you through your work with edward jones but before that i mean you you had a whole life before (laughs) edward jones that's true um and i want to kind of start at the beginning Mm -hmm. for you before we actually get into the edward jones stuff that people might know you from or most likely know you from because when you're a teacher yeah (laughs) that's true people are like wait a minute
0: uh, Elroy Adam Elroy I right? think
1: I know that guy
0: so well and I still see people I mean and I've lived here my whole life grew up in Bradley and then even my mom and dad are from here and born in the late 50s and so I'll see people anywhere and they'll go I know you from somewhere and I'll go, I'm sure you do. And even your face might look familiar, but we're going to have to go through the laundry list of ways you might, we might know each (laughs) other. Is it really a laundry list? It's not just being
1: a teacher in previous
0: times? Well, I mean, whether it be now, of course, I remember like who my teachers were, but you know, going through school here and then I went to Olivet. Oh, that's right. So sometimes younger people around my age or a little bit younger may know me from going to Olivet and, some, you know, we knew each other from there. But, you know, when I was going there, then (laughs) I graduated high BBCHS in 2001. And then by 2002, while I was still at Olivet getting my bachelor's, I went back to BBCHS and then ran a tutoring program through the career center. But I was based at BBCHS. So now I'll see people who are maybe five to 10 years younger than I am. They're like, Elroy, Mr. Elroy, which is funny to be called Mr. Elroy by somebody. So I'm 39, so, but so somebody's like 35. Yeah. Mr. Elroy, I'm like, oh my right. God. <laughs> yeah, that would be like me because yeah. I'm 32. Right. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. you would have been like in high school if I was at your high school. Yeah. I probably would run the tutoring program when you were there. You would have been, yeah. So people go, I know the name from somewhere. I go, okay, I ran a tutoring program and I subbed at BBCHS. <gasps> that's where I know you from. I'm like, okay, so there's that. Some people know me from Oberweiss when I worked there. Oh, that's right. And so they go, oh, I knew you when you worked at Oberweiss, right? Mm. Yes, I did. And some people, uh, we
1: should met. yeah, your uncle Bob. Yeah, I mean, right. people, A lot of people know Bob Elroy. That's so right. That, they yeah. might be thinking, Elroy, that name's something. Because your uncle has been running businesses in the area yeah. for quite some time.
0: So. Yeah, he was my first employer and then he kept me on for a long time. Thanks Bob if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks Bob. <laughs> uh, but then yeah, and then you're right of course and when you're a teacher, man, that just expands the people who know you, and you uh, exponentially And really. I mean how many do you remember? Am I wrong? That's right. the th- that's
1: the thing, right? right. Being a teacher, yeah. they remember you of course, but right. you remembering
0: them I'm sure is a and, whole I can, nother... and I can and I can kind of remember the, I can remember a face. So I mean if they look relatively Young, so I think the oldest students that would be grown up by now. And I taught sixth grade the whole way through for thirteen years. I think my oldest of those students are like twenty three, okay, or something along those lines. Well, when we were out together at uh, Jimmy Joe's barbecue for lunch the other oh, day, oh my word,
1: we did, we there, saw there a kid, was, didn't we? Yeah, and I think <laughs> That's right. I think he was somewhere between eighteen <laughs> and twenty
0: one. Right. Yep. He's like, Mr. O. And yeah, they're like, do you remember me? I'm yes. all. And when I think ever, he was a worker. He was an yep. employee, I think, at right. Jimmy Joe's. Right. Yeah. And I remember saying, and I'll, I'll always say, help me. <laughs> so sometimes there are, I mean, a lot of times the face, I mean, like I'll know their face. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay. As soon as you say Mr. O, I go, I start trying to get, go in the back of my mind, like, okay, do I, do I recognize this face? Does yes. it register? A lot of times it does. But then I'll be like, there's no way I know this person's name. So I'll be like, okay, remind me. <laughs> And I, at first I felt really bad. And so I would try to play it off like, oh yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, no, I'm just sorry. You're going to have to tell me who you are. <laughs> and you, then I could go back to like old yearbooks and look them up and like, oh yeah, I remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember them as a student.
1: So when you went to Olivet, did you go to become a teacher? Is that, that was out of the gate? That was what you no. were planning on doing? Mm-hmm. That just kind of
0: happened? Yeah. My bachelor's degree was in psychology, counseling psychology. My original plan was actually I was going to get my bachelor's in psychology. And then I thought I was going to go to a Lutheran seminary and become a Lutheran minister. And then I was, it was either first or second semester, senior year. And then my dad talked to me and he'd said, Well, what do you think about becoming a teacher? I think you'd be really good, like being a teacher. Um Was your dad a teacher? No, he went to school to be one, but then had to come home pretty early from college and so never became one. Now people know that's another way people know me is my aunt was a teacher. My Aunt Margie taught in Kinky School District on and off until she died back in the late nineties. But some people will hear Elroy and they'll go, Are you related to Margie? I'm like, if their last name's Elroy, I'm related to him. Like there's Elroy's just not a common last name. No. But it's not. so my dad wanted to be a music teacher, but just never able to become one. Okay. But then also too, part of, I mean, I would say a good part of being counseling psychology major is you get a lot of counseling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah. yeah. They want you you to know what it's like to be in counseling. And actually we even did like practice counseling. Like it wasn't, you know, real, like people weren't coming to us as clients or anything. Yeah. But one of our counseling group of sessions was on career counseling. And then we took... uh, there's career like psychology tests that you can take i my kids might even still take them in high school. I took one a long time ago in junior high, but we took one of those and then an ac- telling you what you should what yep. kind of field you should go into yep. yeah, I f- yeah, I remember taking that
1: okay yeah, yeah I mean that would granted that was the you know the late 2000s. was it radio <laughs> host <laughs> honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> What the heck the thing said? <laughs> now that you mention it, I sure. don't know.
0: You have to go. But you're going to go back to your old. You're going to go to your parents' house and start looking up some old school things. See if you still have it. That'd be funny. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if mine said like history teacher or something ah, like that too. Cause... I did
1: have teacher on
0: there. Yeah, okay. I think it was like mathematician or something like that. But I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, did I mean, like
1: math. you are now. You're <laughs> yeah. Is that true? I'm <laughs> using that that math. <laughs> hey, that there math there thing go. now. Yeah. yeah.
0: In that career counseling that we did, through the actual talking with the counselor, and then through that test, I really felt like the call into teaching. So, I mean, it, I felt very strongly by the end of that, like, oh, yeah, this is what I should do.
1: So that was why you're like, I'm not going to try to be a Lutheran minister, right?
0: That's because it was trying. I mean, because it was really trying to figure out, well, what I mean, what what are you interested in? What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish from life? Even almost. And then for me, it was, I want to make an impact, a positive impact on kids. My counselor was a lady and she was like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? So if you know what you want to do, how, what kind of job would fit into that? And then through talking through that, it was, well, hello. I mean, teaching. <laughs> yeah. Teaching is being around kids all day, every day. So that set me down on that path. But then I had to go back. I had to find a way to get certified to teach. So there's alternate route. There's. I could get another bachelor's degree or you could get master's of teaching at the time. And so I went the master's of teaching route at Olivet. So is that just kind of like a general education? It's almost like the bachelor's of of education degree, Okay, but you get the master's degree. And the reason why you might do that is you tend to get paid more. If you have a master's master's degree, right? Yeah. Yeah, And so I I remember calling, I I don't know if I called school districts or not around the county to ask about that because the thought was, well, will they not want to hire me or pay me the master's pay right out of college? But I believe I must, I must have talked to a couple of places that said, no, we're fine paying the master's level pay. If we feel you're worthy of coming on as a teacher, yeah, we'll go ahead and pay you that. They said, now we would expect you to have master's level, you know, being <laughs> able to be a master's level teacher. Yes. But if we feel we can hire you and test you out for the ten-year period, you know, we won't have a problem with that pay. So that's why I chose that route. Okay. Instead of going back to bachelor's degree.
1: So then when you got that master's, mm-hmm. then did you start
0: teaching history right out of the gate at Bourbon A? Or? Yep. Yeah, Bourbon a. was my only school district I taught in. Yeah, sixth grade, world history, and reading. I taught one class of reading. That lasted probably, I don't know, about eight years or so. And then we just shuffled up how we did sixth grade as a whole group. And then I only taught world history then for like the last four or five years that I taught. It's been how long now? This past school year was the first school year I did not teach. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't been super long. No. For some reason, mm-hmm.
1: I thought it was a, at least a couple of years,
0: but No. I guess yeah, I just one. That. Well, my last year I taught, I almost felt like it was a transition year because I was, I mean, I knew I was leaving. And so I was spending a lot of time thinking and looking into, well, well, well what's next then? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so it almost, it, sometimes it feels like it's been a couple of years. Well, then of course, with the, you know. With the pandemic. We had, and,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And then that changed everything. So. Man, it didn't feel like a normal school year for a long time. So it's been a long time since I felt like I had normal school year. Oh, well, 2019, yeah, right? Holy
1: cow. Yeah. So how, where does the Edward Jones financial
0: advisor, yeah. uh, why transition? Sure. So when I was thinking, when I knew it was time for me to move on from public school teaching, the question, of course, was, well, then what? Because I never, I never pictured myself leaving. Public school teaching. And so then it was a matter of thinking of other interests that I had, and I knew I wanted to still work with people and serve them in some way. I mean, that's easy to see, of course, as being a teacher. I mean, you're serving kids and you're serving families. so yeah. I, mean, I mean it's easy. So I thought, I know I want to do a job that's working with people. So then it was a matter of just figuring things out. And I mean, I looked at many things. Actually, I looked at becoming a teacher in Tennessee. So moving out of state and doing teaching, and then I think I looked into being a UPS driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they pay yeah, right? they pay that good money, true. but
1: boy, they work them. They hard. do work hard. Yeah, they work. If you're a UPS driver yeah. listening to uh-huh. this right now, seriously, you need to get paid more. <laughs> yes, I know you're already getting paid a lot, but you need to get paid more. And thanks for
0: my packages. They, they always yeah, come so thank well. You. Yeah. Yes. thank you. Yes, thank you for that too. To yeah. yeah. But then I thought about financial advising because you um, would look good in the brown uniform by looking brown. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Brown's not my color. (laughs) It doesn't go with my. uh, It doesn't go with my cartoony character so much. (laughs) (laughs) But like my wife and I, my wife longer than me, but we're like we've always been big Dave Ramsey fans. For anybody out there who knows who Dave Ramsey is, he's not a financial advisor per se, but I mean he's a financial expert guru. I right. feel
1: like everyone, if they don't know him, they have he- at least heard the right. name. Right. So
0: you want to know him? Look up the Dave Ramsey podcast for goodness' sake. Yeah. Listen to a podcast here. Hey, there you go. There's another the one. The guy yeah. has really built uh, quite a
1: a business for himself. Right. Coming from someone because what his story was that he was in debt like millions of dollars, well, right? He was, or he, he or he was a was millionaire.
0: Bankrupt. Yeah, went bankrupt. That's what and then was. became a millionaire. But he would say, "I became a millionaire the wrong way. Then I became bankrupt, and then I became a millionaire the correct way." And he felt like he wanted to share his journey and how he did it, and how he thinks other people could do it. And boom, he's been helping people ever since and making more money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> making money, helping people with their money. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. Hey, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're so I mean, being big fans of his. Oh, there's another place. I actually looked to be. I actually looked to get on staff at Dave Ramsey, Ramsey? Yeah. Okay. And, well, it was. They had a uh, middle school curriculum writer spot. I'm like, hmm. I'm a teacher. I like. I liked making curriculum as a teacher. I would say that was one of my strengths was curriculum and instruction. And so I'm thinking, wait a minute, I could write curriculum for Dave Ramsey stuff hello yeah
1: because you're yeah as you, you have interest in finances right at that time and, and so still
0: do yeah and i never got anywhere with that <laughs> i applied twice for the same job i applied and they got back to me and said mm-hmm. I we're moving in a different direction but they didn't have anybody's fill the spot in a month so i applied again got the same email back i'm like ah bummer but then um i decided to then talk to fine it doesn't work at dave ramsey I had a financial advisor at the time. It's actually the office I'm in now in downtown Kankakee. He's still there, but I talked to him, my financial advisor, and I said, tell me what your job is like. I know what you do for me personally, like as my financial advisor, but what do you do as a financial advisor? What's your day-to-day like? He talked to me about it a little bit, but I think as soon as I asked him, he he said, that's interesting, Adam, because... I'm looking to bring someone on and kind of expand our, expand the Edward Jones business by getting another financial advisor in town. What do you think? And at this point, I'm, I'm just looking for open doors. You know, I felt like there was a bunch of closed doors for what the future looks like. And this was kind of the first door that kind of opened up to me. I said, sure, let's go down. Well, uh, let's go down this road and see what happens. So it wasn't like a light bulb moment or anything. It's like, oh, this is what I have to do. It was more of a, this is the open opportunity. And I don't, let's go down that road and see what happens. And then, as I said, and then I'm like, well, here we are. What is a
1: financial advisor? When people ask you that question, what is your response? Sure, because I know we've talked about this before. Everyone yeah. has their own definition of what a financial advisor is, but coming straight from your mouth, I feel like <laughs> there we go. Right? You know, actually yeah. coming from your mouth, I feel like we can kind of bring some clarity to
0: that. Yeah. Well, I would say, at least the way that I view being a financial advisor, so the way that I work with people is, is helping people to get a handle on what their current financial situation is and then helping them to win with their financial situation so it starts with understanding where are you at but then helping them even figure out cuz sometimes i'll say you know well where would you like to be oh, i don't know and so helping them set goals set dreams and then helping them find strategies to get there Because let's face a lot of us just kind of when it comes to our finances, it's just kind of, well, you know, I work, I try to pay my bills. I'd like, you know, if I go on vacation or whatever, I don't really know what I have at the end of the month. I don't really know what I'm spending or anything like that. So it's really helping them gain control. Well, what is your situation? But now let's actually get you a plan that can help you meet goals and dreams that you didn't even thought you probably could. So that's how I would kind of sum it up. So, an example would be like what?
1: Like, if I came into you and mm-hmm. I said, Adam, which by the way, I am transferring to <laughs> Adam Elroy, by the way. Um, <laughs> All right. Are so... we having
0: any more callers calling in? Any
1: more callers calling in? Because <laughs> I feel like there's a fine line between what you're talking about and like budgeting,
0: right? Got I mean, it. okay. Yeah.
1: Right? There's a, fun, sure. th- there, those are two different things we're
0: talking about, right? Or in a way. But see that so see, that's kind of where the conversation ends up going. So, okay, so like let's say you come into me for like the first time. I mean, we actually just start with first talking. I I would tell them, this is how I work and this is how Edward Jones works, is I just want to get to know you and I want to get to know your situation. Like what's important to you when it comes to your finances? You know, are you someone who's really just trying to get debt free? Are you someone who, do you want to be someone who holds on to, like, you? it's really important that you have an emergency fund. And then we'll dive deeper, like, okay, well, if money's not, like people always say, if money's not an object, what would you want to do? And so it's talking about, like, would you like to travel? Are you like a philanthropist? Or you, have you, do you picture yourself way down the road, like giving away lots of money to different charities or to different causes that are really important to you? So it's really just kind of getting to know, like, well, what's important to you? And then then just talking about how they feel about money in general and where those kinds of feelings come from. And so it really just, it does kind of start at that deep level of just what is important to you with your money. When we then start talking about your situation, it actually does start there. I I love to start talking about, okay, so when we talk about winning with money, where does that start? It starts with your monthly budgeting. And so we would talk about Where are you at with your monthly budget? Now sometimes you'd be like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) And that's exactly what I would tell you. And I I like, I'm already it's funny because, you know, people get so nervous about Mm -hmm. finances. I'm and I'm getting anxious just thinking about it just now. (laughs) Sure. But that's okay. Yep. You know, and I want to get that across that it's intimidating, but that's why it's almost like you're a counselor for yep. someone's your right. money instead of for someone's feelings it's mm-hmm. for someone's money right. which feelings and money yeah. can kind of go hand <laughs> in hand true. right you got it right especially if you have the problem of oh i'm feeling sad today i'm gonna go spend a thousand dollars on
0: <laughs> that could on be whatever. like my new tagline i yeah. could do that's a good alliteration be like finances and feelings <laughs> i kind of like that it is true but, though it's such yeah. an it is an emotional thing you yeah. know and I can tell too, a lot of people when they do come and talk to me or I can tell when they would want, when they talk about finances, like there is kind of an anxiety there. Yeah. And I think people are sometimes afraid, like, well, I I don't want to say what's really going on because then I feel like I'm failing or I'm doing something wrong or like, yeah. Well, it's- Or it's, if it's you're a, judging me or something. Yeah. But, it's very
1: personal. Yep. Very and personal.
0: So, and so I try to tell everyone from the beginning, not here to judge or anything, but we are trying to gain- perspective on where the situation is, because when you know where you are, you can then help yourself get to where you want to be. When I said, and at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you get to where you want to be. We can't do that until we know where you, you know are. Every, you got to yeah. know everything. Yeah. That's why we'll start with budgeting, because you have to win first with your monthly budget. And, they'll, and I'll say it's not about right now you being specific about, well, I spend this much on food and this much on like health insurance. I said, no, winning with your monthly budget is do you spend less than you make? And even then be like, I'm not sure. But people tend to have a much better idea. They'll go, no, I'm pretty much even at the end of every month. Or some people be like, no, I have some money at the end of every month. And I'll say, oh, do you have like an extra savings account or something where you're kind of putting that off to the side? And they'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, okay, there you go. If you feel you're putting, if you're putting money in there every month, I would say, okay, you're on track to winning. You're winning on a monthly basis. So you've step one, you're kind of there. Maybe you need to look at it a little bit more specifically and with more of a fine tooth comb to figure out is there actually more money you could be saving. But on your day to day, okay, very good. And then we talk about emergency fund because well, I would know because it just happened to me. I My furnace died and I had to get a new septic field. Oh, man. Pretty much at the same time. Oh, wow. And so the point that, is- That yeah. hurts. I did. Oh, my word.
1: Man, I, I feel that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling, oh. <laughs>
0: man. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling that. But I mean, good for me to go through that right now, too. So when I talk to people about that, I go, That's why you need one, because when you have rainy day funds off to the side available to you, when you get these situations that may make you feel desperate, you don't make desperate decisions, because we all know when you make a desperate decision, it's not usually the smartest or wisest decision you're making. I make those all the time. (laughs) Desperate decisions. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Sure. And so... And so I'll say, okay, but if you've got yourself with an emergency fund, I said, there you go. So now you're prepared for emergencies, real emergencies, not, oh, emergency, I need a cheeseburger right now. No, no, <laughs> well, no, that's not an emergency. That's, a, that's an emergency,
1: <laughs> It's a, a like, different type right? of emergency. Yeah, right. We need to lay that out there. <laughs> that's yeah. right.
0: Yes, perhaps yeah. you do need a cheeseburger right now. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll talk about long-term goals. And when we talk long-term goals, that's the, retirement. That's right? where that yeah. that's where everybody goes. And to be honest, and when people hear financial advisor, a lot of times, boom, that's right where you're going to think. And I'll yes. be honest, at the end of the day, financial advisors probably spend most of their time on retirement, on those retirement yeah. or long-term kinds of goals.
1: But you do help with you kind of mentioned saving for a vacation or yep. mm-hmm. things
0: like that, right? So the long-term goal is okay. You're doing great monthly. You're doing great. You've saved up an emergency fund. So you're ready for emergencies. But are you prepared now for 30, 40 years down the road? Because retirement is a thing now. And I mean, it's only going to be more so as hopefully life expectancy keeps going up or whatever. But people spend a good amount of time in retirement. And I try to tell them, I said, and here's what retirement is, because... You know, if you ask somebody what retirement is, well, if I ask you what retirement is, like, what would you say? Well, for me personally, Mm -hmm.
1: I picture myself still working, Mm -hmm. doing something, but just not in a 40 plus hour week, you know, so I see myself still being active, but yeah, not in like the. I think you know what I'm trying
0: to say. <laughs> yes. But yeah,
1: obviously just, you know, enjoying your time doing what you want to do. You're old.
0: Good. <laughs> I mean, actually no, no, that's actually a great perspective, but then I would tell you so when does that happen? I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> I don't no, know but, when that happens. Yeah, yeah, but that but, but that's great. And then a lot of people and see what I'd say is a lot of people view retirement as an age. Usually. And, so they'll be like, "Oh, well that's like when I turn 70." Or like that's when I turn 65 and so a lot of people when they think retirement they think of a number in their head or they might think social security age right so they'll be like that well, is 65 right uh, full so- full for like you and me is like 60 almost 67. okay so if you wanted like your what would be called the full social security benefit it would be I think right now is like 66 and six months but don't quote me on that. Edward Jones, you can call in and uh, <laughs> correct me on that exact time. But yeah, it's, a, it's past 65 now. A lot of people would be, or they'd be like you, they go, well, I can think of what I think retirement may look like, but I don't know when that is or how. Or they'll say, I don't know. And I'll say, and that's a great question I like to ask is, would you like to know? <laughs> or would you like to find out? <gasps> Well, yes, I would. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so I would always tell people, and uh, I got this actually from uh, Dave Ramsey too. He used to have a guy on and he would say, retirement's not an age, it's a money number. And so it's more, you need to figure out what do you want retirement to look like for you? It could be like what you're thinking, Jake, is, well, I see myself still working, but not 40 hours a week. And. It could be something else like, I see myself working like 20 hours a week at something, and then I'm traveling all the time. Or maybe it's buying a second home, like in Florida or Arizona, and then I spend like six months up here when it's really hot down south. But then when it gets cold up here, I go ahead and I move down south for those six months or whatever. Others, once again, it could be, I just see myself volunteering everywhere. And so those are questions I ask too, because when you can envision what that looks like for you, that does something for you with trying to meet a goal, because when you know what something looks like, you tend to be willing to work towards it. And then also, too, if we know what that looks like, we got we need to put a number on it. Well, how much is it going to cost to do that per year? And that can be hard. And especially the younger you are, the harder it is to try to figure out what kind of number that is. But.
1: But we can most certainly guarantee that cost of I mean, <laughs> right? Historically, <laughs> right? It continues to go yeah. up and up, and right? Up and up, right? right. So you can
0: kind of put that in your brain and right, right, kind of guess. Yeah, we well, we have a yeah, and then we have a system too. So I mean, what I tend to end up doing is, is we talk about, okay, how much would it cost for you to do that today? If you could do that today, how much would that cost? Because we can get numbers today. And then the system we have will inflate it to whatever age you would like to start doing that. So that's what's kind of cool because I could say, okay, this is all what you want to do. Well, now what age do you think you want to do that at? And so then we'll put in all that information and then the system can, what we do is then we put in your current situation, what you might already be doing to be saving for this long-term thing. And then the system will tell us, are you on track to do that? And then sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. But then I always tell people, I go, okay, whatever you see here, like, don't, like don't worry. I said, you may set off alarm bells or like uh, when we show the graph, there's some red on it. So of course, we all know what red always means, right? And so I said, so you might see a lot of red, but that doesn't mean like you're in a terrible situation. All it means is, well, I say, that's why you came in anyway, right? Like you wanted help, like strategizing to make these things happen. Well, oh, yeah, right. And so the system's great, too, because I can then go in and then put things in and say, well, what would we need to do to make it happen? And then show them those kinds of things. And that's where the long term planning kind of comes in. And then, of course, when you think long-term planning, this is where the word investing comes in. And that's another word people tend to think about with financial advisors, too. Is just investing. Is investing, yeah. right. And so I'll say, right. So at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, Edward Jones used to be called, I mean, the name was Edward Jones Investments. Investments, yes. Yeah. But now it's just Edward Jones, And so right? we tend to be known as just Edward Jones, although yeah. it's possible the official name still is Edward Jones Investments, But I mean, at the end of the day, yes, that is, those are the products. That's the core. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the products that Edward Jones is using to help you meet those kinds of long-term financial goals. Like I said, I can't stress enough, but me as a financial advisor, I do help you look at those other things even before the investing as well, because you do have to win the day-by-day to help you win the long-term investing route too. Absolutely. Because if your
1: day-to-day is messed up- And then how, how are you going to be expected
0: to do the long-term right. if the day-to-day doesn't look very good? Right. And then the very last part of it is, okay, so we're trying to help you on your day-to-day. We're trying to help you build up for emergencies so you don't have to make desperate decisions in those emergency times. And I suppose an, an, an example of that would be
1: to dip into your retirement Saving or your retirement right. funds
0: to pay for which that. many, right, which many do. Because they're right. going, well, at least I have it there. Mm. And depending on how you're invested, you might actually be penalizing yourself on well, those kinds that's, of things too. It'll yeah. cost you, end up costing you more money <laughs> because yeah. you will be penalized because you're withdrawing early from depending on what kind of accounts you have. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if you have that emergency fund, now you're winning with long-term investing. So now you're winning for the future. And then we also talk about on the back end, but how are you going to protect yourself now? And so that's where conversations come in on if it works for you, like with life insurance, if you kind of are younger and have a family, where we might talk about what if you're going to need long-term care, like assisted living or nursing home or in-home care, how are you going to protect all this financial planning you've done from those kinds of events, uh, like a death, premature death, or a really lengthy stay in a rehab center or a nursing home? Like, how are you going to protect all that you've worked for, for that? And then even talks about too, what's your strategy for when you do go? Are your finances prepared to move on to the next generation or whatever heirs or charity or whatever that you want? are your finances going to meet your end of life goals? And so we kind of, en- <laughs> we kind of right. encompassed started, yeah. everything, yeah. Um, which I love when, you know, when I got into <clears throat> looking into my own financial advisor a few years ago before I thought of becoming one, that's what I really liked about Edward Jones is Edward Jones is trying to look at your complete, your whole complete picture when it comes to your finances Instead of just providing like a, hey, do you want to buy a stock or do you want to buy this or that? <laughs> and not that a lot of places are like that today. I mean, just investing has changed since it even was that 20, was 30 so years much. ago. So much, yeah. But you met Edward Jones, for a long time, longer than some of these other big names that people might have heard that they've heard of um, in the investing world, Edward Jones has always been about care about your clients. you're you're a partner with your clients. Get to know them, get to know not even just their finances, just get to know what their life is and connect with them and care about what's going on with them so that you can be there for them when they need you or when they're feeling nervous about things, especially when it comes to finances. But Edward Jones has always wanted to be partners with their clients. And that's what I loved even just as a as a client of yeah, Edward Jones, because obviously yeah. that's what led you into becoming a yep. financial advisor for Edward right. Jones in the first place. And I wouldn't so. have thought to go anywhere else than Edward Jones, really. I mean, that was that was easy. So right. if I thought financial advisor, it was Edward Jones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what I'm curious about, because I think a lot of people, like myself, there's more debt for people than <laughs> that more than right. ever, myself included. So if I walk in the door and I'm like, hey, man. I'm in debt. <laughs> yeah. And what would you do with that?
0: Right. And so, you know, long-term wise, I would tell them they need to get with someone who does spe- who does like there are people out there who do like budget and debt coaching. And so what would happen is is when they originally come in, I would help them with getting all their debts down. Okay what are all your debts? So like, what is the balance on all of those? What's your monthly payment? What's the interest on these? And then I don't mind talking to them about how they could go about getting that debt paid down. There are a couple ways. I have a preferred way. It's the Dave Ramsey way um, of paying down debt. (laughs) It's the snowball effect. It is the snowball effect, yep. And Edward Jones talks about it too with some of their literature on debt reduction. There's other ways, but really the way I I talk to everybody is the snowball effect. And for those of you who don't know, that's when you pay the least balance. So don't you line up all your debts by smallest debt to largest debt, and you attack the smallest one first. And then once you've gotten that one rid of, you take that monthly payment, add it to what you've been throwing at debt, and then you go to the next smallest, and then the next smallest and the next smallest. And while in the end, that may not actually end up saving you money like an in interest. So some people are like, well, why don't I pay off the most interest one first? That might save you the most money, but it's more of a psychological effect at that point. Because when you have lots of debt, you feel completely weighed down and like buried under it. You're like, there's no point. I can't do it. And so that's always my suggestion to them. And then there are people that I can refer them to. If it's like, well, I need, can I get like on like ongoing coaching? But I mean, I have connections to people who could do that for them. And I'd be like, right. you need to set up some, you need to set up sessions with them. And I'd say, when you've got that under control and you're ready to keep moving forward, you know, come back to me because you're not done when you pay off your debt. Because pay off your debt, but then let now you can start getting a plan for that future of no debt and not having to do this anymore. Yeah. And I said, and then that's where I come in through Edward Jones is I can help you then keep pushing through the rest of the way there. And then after a person does that, they, mm-hmm. they get a hold of their, their debt, get it
1: reduced, and they can start actually taking some of their money and putting mm-hmm. it aside for retirement yep. or their kid's college right. or anything like that. Right. And what do you usually, then how does the process work from there? How do, what do you recommend? That's
0: where I'd say, that's why I get to know who everyone is, because it really depends. It really depends. Yeah, but just,
1: just an example. Yeah, because I mean.
0: you, you have like different, like, let me give you like, there's different kinds of accounts that people use for investing. Now, a lot of people have something through work. So there's the 401k. So that tend- So what is a 401k? So a 401k is a way to save your money in a tax deferred way. So what that means is, is you're able to put your money in this kind of account of 401k and you can defer your taxes on the money that you've put in there. So what that means is, so let's say I made $40,000 a year and I put $5,000 of that in my 401k. When it comes to reporting on my taxes on the IRS, I'm saying, no, I put out of my 40,000, I put $5,000 in a 401k So I've made thirty five thousand dollars. That's taxable this year, not forty thousand, only thirty five. And so what that does is it helps you on your taxes right now. So then when you do
1: retire and you start withdrawing from that Mm -hmm. 401k, then do you get taxed? on Right. That is correct. So you don't get taxed until you're
0: retired. That is correct. And only on what you take out. Oh okay. So it's not like they tax the account, they tax what you take out of it. Yeah, the because account. that would be Right.
1: <laughs> that be a heck of a lot yeah, of money right. if you had, That's you know, right. a, yeah. a healthy 401k. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What are some other another big one is the uh IRAs or
0: Roth IRAs? That's right. How do you explain those? So sure. So like an IRA or we may call a traditional IRA is really it's just like a 401k But instead of being connected to you working for an employer, it's just connected to you. And so that travels with you wherever you go. It's like when you have a 401k with your employer, when you leave that employer, whether through retirement or you got another job, you no longer can be putting money into that 401k because you're no longer with that employer. So you have what we call an old 401k. Now, what people do with that, they tend to either, it's called a rollover. So they might roll it over into their new company's 401k. So they can take the amount they have in the investment and move that over into the new 401k and then keep investing in that new 401k. Or they can roll that over into an IRA through a place like Edward Jones or another financial institution. And then they can keep contributing to that if they'd like. And then an IRA moves with you wherever you go. So it's not like you you, you don't stop contributing to an IRA. Like that doesn't become old. That gets to travel with you wherever you go. So it's connected. Because it's private. Yeah. It, it's not
1: through. Yeah,
0: it's connected uh, to the person. It, right. Not the employer, right? Yeah. The
1: difference between a traditional IRA and then a Roth IRA mm-hmm. should probably touch on
0: that too. Right. And then the Roth IRA, here's the difference on a Roth IRA. So, with the traditional IRA and the 401k, or you might even have something called like a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, there's a lot of different IRAs that, a lot of different uh, investing vehicles that function in that tax deferred way. A Roth IRA is different. So, in a Roth IRA, um, what happens is you've made $40,000 a year and then you put $5,000 in your Roth IRA, but you have to report to the IRS that you made $40,000 of taxable income. You can't defer those taxes. And so we would call that after-tax investing. But another way to think of that is when you start taking money out of your Roth IRA, tax Three, no taxes when you take out, because you paid the taxes when you were putting the money in. Yeah, you already paid the taxes. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, right. That's really cool about a Roth is it hurts you on the front end because you're having to pay all the taxes on the income you've made right then and there. But then when you take out the money that you've invested way down the road when you're 70, 75, 80, or whenever, no taxes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nice. What are some other
1: uh, products, though? Like, I, I feel like mm-hmm. the 401k and mm-hmm. IRAs are the only ones I ever hear of. Are there other ones that are important that people
0: should know about, or is that basically when it comes I mean, to when it comes to like retirement? Yes, and be aware too. Like, those are vehicles. So it's not like yeah. oh, I invest in a 401k. That's the investment. No, 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 no. We say that's the vehicle that you're doing the investing in. And so inside of those are investments. So when I talk investments, I'm talking things like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, And I'm looking at Jake's face and he's like, I think I'm going to ask you that what those are in just a minute.
1: Well, I feel,
0: you know, I feel like this, this should
1: be like investing for dummies or, or just financial one. Yeah. Financial advising
0: one-on-one, like be as dumb as possible to me about it, because let's talk about what those things are that you're investing in. So to try to put it simply here, so stocks are when you own equity in the company. So, you know, when you think like you're kind of a part owner, when a company is publicly traded and you buy stock in it, you are buying pieces of that company. And so when the company profits and stock price goes up, you make money. If the company is not profitable and stock price goes down, you're losing money. And so that's a stock. A bond is where you are lending the company money. Or you could buy actual bonds that are from the government. So, like, you're actually lending the government money. And just like the bank does to you with, like, a home payment is they're paying you interest back and so and principal. So, they're paying you principal and interest back just like you do when you're paying your mortgage. It's just cooler because you're actually the one who's getting the principal and interest back.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. nicer that way, isn't <laughs> right. it?
0: Right. So, the difference here is, so, like, bonds are called, like, fixed income because you're like fixing an interest rate on yourself. And so what you're doing is you're giving yourself a little bit more stability in an investment. That doesn't mean there's no risk involved because people default on their loans and that can happen. Yeah. So you're taking a little bit little bit less risk or volatility, we like to say, in, when it comes your, to the market. Because your
1: return is a lot slower on a bond, right? That's right. And so, it can be not as the yeah. return would
0: be probably lower, too, as far as- Right. It tends to be stable, but lower. Yes. Right. Whereas in a stock, now that fluctu- that can fluctuate greatly, but the return potential is much greater. And so, so is yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, and then when you work with a financial advisor, especially at Edward Jones, before we even talk about what to invest in, we do a risk tolerance questionnaire. I would ask a potential client, and I actually ask all my clients once a year, the same, the same questions. I go, do you still feel this way to current clients? But it gives me an idea of how you feel about risk in general. And then that helps me know what kinds of investments would work for you. Now, to be honest, most people these days, and especially when you're just getting started and in like 401ks, they don't even offer necessarily single stocks or single bonds, which is all people to do, maybe like our parents' age or especially like our grandparents' age. That's all you could do. But what most people get now are mutual funds or bond funds. So a mutual fund, you are investing in a fund where there are managers of this fund that go and buy a bunch of stocks. And so what happens is all these investors are paying into this mutual fund. And so the fund itself has all this money in it. And then the managers of those fund go and buy the stocks for you. And there's lots of different kinds of mutual funds. We won't get into that. That'll just (laughs) confuse everyone. But there's kinds of mutual funds, some that are a little bit more volatile than others, some that focus more on growth, some that focus more on paying you a dividend, which is kind of like interest, but you have equity in the company instead. And so instead of you trying to diversify, there's another investing word for you, instead of you trying to diversify and make sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket, the mutual funds will do that for you. So that's a good reason to mm-hmm. to
1: have that in a 401k, or usually a 401k has that, right? They got mutual
0: funds, stocks, and bonds. Yeah. They'll usually have mutual funds, bond funds, which is doing the like what what I just said a mutual fund does. The bond funds are doing the same thing, but only with bonds. And then like in a 401k, a lot of times they have what's just called a target retirement fund or target retirement plan. And then that plan actually goes out and just buys different mutual funds and bond funds for you. They just, oh my there's no picking involved at all. You're just trusting that fund to invest out in the market in a way that makes sense for that kind of target date for retirement. And so that's kind of like a level even above. Yeah. <laughs> if you kind of see like, almost like a pyramid, you know, like stocks and bonds are, you could diversify yourself or you get mutual funds are the next level up and they kind of do all the buying of stocks and bonds for you. And above that, you have these portfolio funds oh my God. that literally invest in all the other, just invest in everything for you. Man. <laughs> so it's like, I know.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Over my head, yeah. Know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's important to know all Hopefully this. Hopefully you're I all still like. awake. <laughs> I'm trying to be Are you there. Yeah. Are you still <laughs> listening? <laughs> oh, man. And then when it comes to and another big thing you do with Edward Jones mm-hmm. is saving for a kid or yep. a grandkids, college fund or right. just funds in general so right there's yep. you know because mm-hmm. I know for my son I don't it's not a college fund it's sure.
0: it's just funds that he can use yeah. when mm-hmm. when he becomes of age yeah so. and that's and that's a great reason to talk to a financial advisor because there are so many ways to meet that goal of I want to invest for my child but how do I do that in the way how do I do that in the correct way I mean there's many ways to do it so people have heard of a 529 that's a great way to save for college but a way that something you have to remember is you're really going to end up using those funds for like education and so it's kind of it's kind of stuck in that realm and then there's other ways to save for them but there's ways to save where you're in control of it until a certain age but then your child gets it at a certain age and that's it, they can spend it however they want. It's 18, isn't it? Uh, or is it eight, older 21. Than... Oh, it's 21. I believe, yeah, the laws did just change. Um, okay. So I couldn't quote you on that one either, but I know 21 is one of those, and then 25 might be the absolute oldest you could be. And it might depend on when the account was open because the law changed, I think, in the last couple of years. Okay. But what happens is they get a certain age and it's theirs, and there's nothing you can do about it. So if you're like, uh-oh, I wanted to be more in control of that, you may just need to invest in your own investment account and have a separate investment account apart from your retirement. And then you're in, you're still in control of those funds because it's in your name. And then you can do with it as you please. But those would be questions yeah. I'd be asking is, yeah. is, what exactly do you want this money to be for when they get older? Strictly college? Or do you want it to maybe be a down payment on a house for them or pay for their wedding? That's why we got to delve into those kinds of questions, because it really depends on what your goal is. And so I don't know if I've even said enough, but if I have, I am I will keep saying it It really is about what are your goals and then making sure that you're using your money to meet those goals in a way that you're comfortable with. Because everybody I've, so, it's so different. Yeah. So like you might be like, no, I really I want to save this so that like I want to pay for. I want at a certain age to either just give him the money or I want to pay for a house. Or if he does go to college, I want to give it to him. But if he doesn't go to college, I still want to give it to him. And others may be like, no, my kid's going to college and this is the money I have for it. And if they don't don't want to go to college and not use it and I find another way to, I then make it work a different way at a different time, fine. So it just really depends.
1: Right. Yeah. If you do have like a 529 plan, Mm -hmm. you can... If you're, let's say you meant it for your son, but your son doesn't want to go to college. He doesn't right. want to, but, but that's <laughs> yeah. the only thing that money can be used for. I know it's, it can be transferred right. to yep. a, mm-hmm. a different family. Right. Different member. Yeah. A different member of the yeah. family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that is something to to keep in mind. And I feel like an important thing, I feel like I should have said at the start of this is that it actually doesn't cost any money to go see you and, that just, is correct. and yeah. just literally have yep. a conversation right. like you and I are having yep. right now. That's it doesn't, doesn't actually cost anyone anything right. to do
0: that. Right. That's true. Yeah. It costs nothing to come in, ask questions, see what it's about. You know, even if you're still like, I still don't know what a financial advisor even, <laughs> What is this financial advisor <laughs> kind of thing? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it doesn't cost anything. Even if you have some things or if you're investing on your own, I even say it's free even for a second opinion. It's great to just have another set of eyes, take a look and and then ask the question, okay, I think everything's looking okay. Do you think everything's looking okay? You know, and when you speak to a financial advisor, I mean, everything's confidential, I'm not even, uh, not that I would, but I mean, we're not allowed to go around telling everybody about everybody, everybody's investments and, oh, who came into my office? Uh, let me tell you who came yeah. into my office and talked to me Yeah, today.
1: Brad. Like, that uh, doesn't happen. Brad set up a 529 yeah, for his son, right? you know? And, well, yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> and, put 30,000 in and. Right,
0: yeah, so I <laughs> yeah. mean, so do know that too, because that could be something too. You're right, it's such personal information. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so that would never be anything you'd have to worry about. Like all that kind of information is very confidential. You know, and a financial advisor worth his or her salt. I mean, they're going to take the time that you spend with them very seriously, and then that kind of information and and kind of, I mean, your hopes and your dreams and your fears about what's going on, and they're not they're not going to be sharing that information because they, I mean, they know that you're trusting them to help you in this way, and trusting that you can say what needs to be said there when you might not say it in a lot of other places. And so, I mean, that was the reason why I got into it financial advising as well, is, I mean, I want, I want to be a trustworthy person. And that's why I wanted to be a teacher too. It's, I mean, you've got to be trustworthy in some of these professions. Not that you could have some other profession be untrustworthy, but <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's so much trust inherent in that relationship between financial advisor and client. I mean, I like that. I mean, I want to be that kind of a person for someone.
1: And, and that's why I click so well with you because I trust you yeah. and I see how organized you are too, which also, right. makes me, yeah. <laughs> which also makes me feel a heck of a lot better because, sure. yeah. you know, I'm still working on my organiz- organizational skills. I'm getting better yeah. every single day, just yeah. little by little. I feel like a, another thing that I was curious about, you know, mm-hmm. the big thing is obviously retirement you know, and, <laughs> right? yeah. and saving for, and saving for your kids' education or or what mm-hmm. have you, but can someone invest money with you if they're, let's say they're trying to save money for a house? Like, are there investments out there that they can invest in for
0: more of a, a short term? Oh, yeah, sure. Is Absolutely. That, yeah. you know? So, yeah, when you think of investing, you're right. So, a lot of people think of like the Roth IRA, the traditional the long, IRA, The long-term long stuff. But yeah. what about short-term? Right. And so, yeah, there are possible short-term solutions and there are other kinds of accounts, like What we would call, like Edward Jones, you call it a brokerage account. And so that's not, and all that means is there's no special tax things. So it's not tax deferred. It's not after tax and you don't get taxes taken out later. It's just a straight up investment account. So if you ever hear someone talk about the word brokerage account, that's all they mean. But depending on how short of a term it really is, and once again, what exactly the goal is, there's, it just depends on what product there may be. So I mean, A lot of times, if something's going to be really short, you just want to hold on to the money because you want it liquid. When it comes to things like stocks and bonds and mutual funds and all those words that you might still be sounding a little confused on, you really want to, those are long-term things. Depending on who you talk to, they might say, well, that's like three to five years. It's five to seven. I know Edward Jones is usually like five to seven or seven to 10. I know I even think even longer. Like I'm like, no, when I say long-term investment, I'm like 10 years plus. So shorter investments are more things like money market accounts, CDs, those kinds of things. If it's, I mean, you can buy like, there's bonds that are only like two years from the United States treasury. So there are those kinds of short-term options, but without going into in-depth of what all those things are, there are some of those things that you can get at a financial institution like Edward Jones. Once again, that's why it's so important to share what's the goal, and is this? are you comfortable with this kind of investment and what it's going to give you in return in that kind of time limit to meet your goal? Is it worth it or not? And once again, another reason why you want to talk to a financial advisor, because you're right, there are options, but it really depends on your situation if any of those options are worthwhile looking into. All right. I mean, the answer you <laughs> answered <laughs> that perfectly. I, just,
1: <laughs> I was just, just thinking outside of the box right. a little bit when it comes yep. to Edward Jones and mm-hmm. investing and, and things
0: like that. Right. So uh, wh- what's the main thing you want people to know? The main thing I'd want you to know is kind of that whole, why, why would I have a financial advisor? And it's so that you can have a partner working with you to help you understand your situation, get to know who you are and what's important to you, And then make your money work for you instead of you feeling like you are bound by it and you're almost like a slave to it. That's exactly how I feel. You just described it. So many, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but make your money work for you. And then in the end, feel like you won with money. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about it too. I mean, being financially free, being financially independent. But I mean, I like to put it as my money works for me. I don't work for it. And so I, if, any, if you want to take anything away, it would be that. That's why you would work with a financial advisor is so that you can have that partner to help you do that because it's such a personal thing and it's emotional and we tend to make so many emotional decisions on it. And a financial advisor can be somebody on the outside helping you make those decisions and help you get through the valleys of it and help you celebrate all the wins that you end up having.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how can
0: people contact you? The phone number you can reach me at at the office is 815-932-8166. You can find me on Facebook. I post, gosh, depending on the week, I, I post almost every day things from Edward Jones that could be helpful to you or even just good little nudges and reminders. Like, oh yeah, I should think about that. But on Facebook, if you look up it's kind of long, but it's the way it has to be, is uh, I think it's Edward Jones Associate Adam Elroy. Oh, but my you, gosh. I know. I think you just look up Adam Elroy and it probably, okay. probably would pop okay. up, right, I would think.
1: Hopefully it could populate yeah. that way, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn the same way. And then even if you did edwardjones.com slash Adam Elroy, I believe I show up that way. Although Jake and I did just. Google me yeah, right you before can, the you podcast, can... just look up Adam Elroy. And I believe all those things show up for links that will work. Yep. If you just yeah. Google Adam Elroy, your name
1: comes right up at the top with your Edward Jones information. That is so, so creepy. Yeah. I'm. Well,
0: I mean, that's your business. I know that right? is. No, it's great. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> so glad all the bad links that had my name on it got right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna look for those. Yeah, right. Now. No, Let's no, see. Uh, what can I find here? <laughs> hmm. Nothing to find. Oh,
1: Adam wearing a clown costume. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, that's huh? just me on a normal day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's me outside of the office. Yeah, right. Where Wear <laughs> my. Oh my gosh. No, Adam. Thank you so much for kind of clearing the air. On some things. You got Uh, it. I really appreciate that. And if you're
0: confused, please just call. Like, don't ever feel, and so many, even clients are like, I just don't understand. Like, it just makes me all nervous. Like, don't be afraid if it makes you nervous. A financial advisor is not there to make you feel dumb. And if a financial advisor makes you feel dumb, go find another one. You want a financial advisor who makes you feel when you leave, like, you might still feel a little overwhelmed, but you're like, I trust them and I feel like I could ask them a question when I go home and my brain can settle down and I can then just call with another question. Well, anytime you and I have sat down and mm-hmm. we've talked about this, just like right now
1: talking yeah. about it, I've always walked away f- just feeling better, not feeling as nervous. Yeah. So I think I think it's worthwhile and I really appreciate all the work you do. Yeah. So
0: You too. I'm so glad we got connected. When I, <laughs> when I first saw you on uh, LinkedIn and this Key podcast, I looked into it and I'm like, Well, you're too kind. Yeah, I was so.
1: Yeah, this is great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, hit up Adam Elroy, financial advisor at Edward Jones, for any uh, financial advising you may need. Sounds good. Well, that concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with a family member, friend, or neighbor that you think might enjoy learning new things about the people and places of Kankakee County. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Karen Bishop, James Reardon, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski. Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Don Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com and then just click on the patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode. There's also other rewards like early access to new episodes, unedited versions of episodes, even video versions of select episodes, podcast merch, discounts on special events, and so much more. Your monthly pledge is truly appreciated. Our monthly goal right now is to reach $400 per month and right now, we're about 37% away from reaching that goal. So please sign up for the patron program today at KankakeePodcast.com. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll. This river can-